a little I edit. Love it. We, we did an edit. You edited it down. I know it sounds really good. It sounds a lot faster and more mm-hmm. concise. Mm-hmm. Right nice. from that, right from that intro into the bells. Yeah, is it little bells, xylophone? I don't know. I'm not that it's probably musical. Probably doing it on a keyboard. But yeah. <laughs> oh, it's time for episode two of the Y and D podcast. Oh, fabulous. Uh, what's your name? Yvonne. So I'm Yvonne Lorcan, I'm a wine writer, and you are Dan Brennan, and you're a... Winemaker, and uh, apparently a podcaster. I know, isn't it crazy? And I'm the D of Y&D. You're the D of Y&D, and I'm the Y. Always the Y. People often ask me, what's your Y? You know, people that are into wellness and stuff, they say, what's your Y? And I have no clue. No, that would be a tough one for me to answer. Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> Did you have a good Christmas? It was pretty awesome. Um, I feel like a more normal person today than I did yesterday and certainly the day before. I got to love the way it happens in New Zealand with the uh, the two extra days, mm. sort of, you know, Christmas Eve and then. So it's like almost like a four-day extravaganza. It is. But by that fourth day, I mean, there is nothing happening and it's great. And you don't actually know what day it is. Yeah. I don't even know what day it is today. Yeah, it, it was definitely a few times where I had to check and figure things out because it just felt like one long malaise. Mm. Malaise. <laughs> you know, like by the third, fourth day, it was <laughs> super chill. Though I have to say a uh, Boxing Day paella saved my life. That was with like a lot of leftovers. That sounds really good. It was a good idea. It's only now that, um, you know, we're a couple of days after Christmas that – We've actually got fridge space. Yeah, yeah, that's Because ridiculous. it's a war. Mm. It's a major battle from Christmas Eve on for fridge space, mm. you know, and our fridge is just, there's stuff in places that the feng shui of our fridge. Not happening. Not happening. No. no. What's but that lady's name who you're supposed to get joy out of your refrigerator or whatever and joy out of your clothes? Oh, Marie Kondo. Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Spark, spark joy. She would yeah. definitely not be sparking if she saw my, my fridge. Does this leftover turkey give you joy on the sixth <laughs> day that it's sitting there? <laughs> well, we, even, we didn't do a turkey. We did, we did ham, and it's looking – Yeah, you Actually, guys do a it's lot of, still looking pretty triumphant, I have to say. I mean, what do you think – how old do you think the ham is that you buy in the supermarket? I'm sure they keep it cold, but it's cooked ham. Well, this will scare you. So the, the, the ham that we actually cooked has been in our freezer – Swear to God, like two, maybe three years. No, no, no. I, and my husband insisted on, um, you know, after it had thawed out and I was getting ready to kind of baste it and glaze it and cook it, he's like, you might just want to ch- take a little bit off that ham and just taste it and sniff it and mm. check it's okay. It's primo. Like yeah, it I'm sure it's fine. It's just been in there marinating, you know? <laughs> Finding itself. <laughs> yeah, you guys do the ham. I mean, that could maybe mm. go into the uh, – I think ham, at least in, in North America, is probably an Easter thing for us. Really? Yeah, spring, a little bit more, you mm. know, of a you know, winter time. We get into – there's mm. – turkey's Thanksgiving, period, you know. Yeah. Some people do it on Christmas, but usually there's a bunch of other dishes going around. Turkey's course, kind of making a making a – Inroads into New Zealand. It is. So it's mm. those guys, what are they, glaciers down in uh, South Island? They make amazing turkeys. Yeah, I've never done it. I'm not brave enough yet. It's kind of overrated, yeah. but it's fun. 
turkey breast is nice. You start getting into other stuff. It's like the dark mm. meat side of things is a bit ropey. Yeah, some people like say they prefer it, but they're lying. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Speaking of lying, mm. <laughs> we're just going to kind of faff our way through this podcast. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I mean, who lets some um, truth get in the way of a good story? So, speaking of stories, our first segment is always something that that you find slightly quizzical about Kiwi culture. What are we calling this segment? The ignorant immigrant. But I don't have my intro yet for that because, um, well, the first few tries were kind of racist, even though it was me doing it about myself. (laughs) I couldn't help but like put on a different accent or something. So um, So this is kind of the naive newcomer um, thing. Maybe Mm. I could ask you something about well, I, I have one that, oh, okay, go. that is definitely uh, apropos, okay. which uh, you may or may not be able to help me with, but I have been in New Zealand for 15 years mm-hmm. and I still really struggle with cricket. Oh, <laughs> you know and what? it's been on like all day, everywhere you go, like friends, you pop in and a friend are like, oh, yeah, the cricket's yeah. on. And cricket's just, a Christmas thing. I get it. I even, oh yeah, one guy was an Australian, so apparently they play every year on Christmas yeah. or Boxing Day or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I get it. It's kind of on and it's sort of mm. chill and it's part of the chill and it's eh, it's just a thing going. It's... I still don't understand the scoring and I'm like kind of into sports, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm I'm not really into sports, but, you know, I've been a Kiwi all my life. Um, and cricket, I don't even, I, I still struggle with it. My husband is nuts for it. He's really into cricket, but he's tried explaining a few things. To me, but I'm kind of like, do you remember a couple of years ago, Seinfeld did a visa ad and he was dressed up as in a cricket outfit and he no, was trying to play cricket and he was trying to learn all the 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 words for things like silly mid-off and mm. googly and uh, I mean, all those kinds I, of I terms. Ad, yes. Yeah. And, and I still, I look at that and I think, you know, he probably has more of a clue about cricket than, <laughs> than I do. But I know for a fact that they have different types of cricket. So they have test matches, which can sometimes go for days and days mm. and days. And then they have things like ODI. ODIs, which is One Day Internationals. Aaron's nodding, he knows. And then they have just kind of T20, which is where they have less players on the field and they just smash it. Yeah, like it's okay. all, it's like, just it's, like seven, it's like rugby sevens. Yeah, yeah. You know, half the amount of players and I think it's or something like that. They just go fast. Everything's mm. fast. So it's over really quickly, which is 20 overs. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I've yeah, been yeah. exposed to it over the years and then I just dip in it. And then like this time of year, it comes back and I go, Oh, yeah, cricket. i got to figure out the rules to cricket. I know, but people really get into it, and it's quite zen for a lot of people. I I can see why. I mean, it Mm. is kind of just chilling on in the background, and I like, and then they check in, and then there's a bit of a crescendo at some point. Oh, it's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe he got out on the phone. Yeah, and when they come time to swap over, and Mm. the other team has to get within a a run or two of the other team's score, and it's all kind of like, are they going to beat them? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Ah, that's the only exciting. The part most exciting for me. thing I saw yesterday was an Aussie player getting a rub down because he had a, it was like forty plus degrees and it was really hot, so he's cramping up and he was just on his mm. stomach in the middle of the field. Oh, with and the like, physiotherapist yeah, comes the out guys and rubs were just them. Getting into yeah. it, you know. It's like, it's like, all right, that's oh. good. Well, wasn't there that time with the rugby? How there was someone that needed to go for a for a whiz? 
and just kind of did a kneel on the side of the field? Yeah, they do that in a lot of sports. Oh, do they? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. They have like little even tents or sometimes in like American gridiron, mm. like a few players because they got their big shoulder pads will just kind of can... huddle around them <clears throat> and let the guy have a wee. <laughs> it's really silly, <laughs> you know. Well, no, well, cricket is a is definitely a, it's a it's an Antipodean thing. Aussies and, and New Zealanders, we we do they get, not have a dugout like they do in baseball, you know, where they can kind of oh yeah, they have those special rooms like a little lounge that they go to yeah. and have, have you know morning tea and sounds such. sophisticated, it's right? Very British. It's yeah. very um, so. Why don't they go down there and have a, a you know because it takes too a, much time yeah. to to get there. But um, okay. So anyway, but you should probably learn, and I should probably learn and develop more of an appreciation for cricket. Um, I find like I'm I've I can play like I can hit the ball. I'm good at hitting the ball, but I can't do the special bowl. Yeah, like, the throwing of the, the arm. The special yeah, overarm yeah. throw. Um, and oh, there's all sorts of different now, kinds you know. of ones. Like there's sustained the injury at my age now. You know, yeah. rotator cuff. Blame me, rotator cuff. Be gone. Ah, right. So is that it? Is that your... That's my big one for the last your, few days. Quite a big one. Where I found I'm pretty lost and mm. I need to brush up on it and you know i'm not expecting to solve it today but i feel like over you know maybe somebody could pop into the decibel shop one day and we could Explain have a sit it. down i have beer there mm. so um, mm. we have internet so i could just like pull it up and so if there's any volunteers out there you kind of almost have to play to learn that's not gonna happen okay um <laughs> i've got a thing okay and you can probably hopefully give me the answer to this when it comes to North American culture, pop culture, everything culture, what is with the red cups? Oh. <laughs> like, honestly, every uh, every party scene, every frat boy movie, every kind of social gathering that one sees on film, television, what have just you. Just reality. It's, it's just, just the red It's it's the red cups. I sometimes don't, they're blue. Yeah. I've never seen a blue cup. Yeah, I've only ever seen red cups. Well, they're Why? called solo cups, and first of all, it, it kind of lines up with a lot of other things in the in America, where it's like the name brand is the thing. So, like you guys have a plaster here, we just have band aids there. You know, it's like mm. you know, the, so it's a solo cup. That's what the, the name of the brand of the company that makes. So I'm sure there's knockoffs, but yeah, the most ones that you're seeing, these red ones, are solo cups. I don't know. I can't really explain it. It just sort of happened, I think, during the 90s, sort of. To me, it seems like an 80s, 90s kind of thing. And then they just, yeah, ubiquitous is right. They're just everywhere. And um, they're easily, you know, attainable. They're sold everywhere. They're sturdy. You can put mixed drinks in them. Right. You you know, keg, you know, the one thing I would say culturally different is like, keg parties and this is not just the frat boy you know there's just like a graduation party yeah, somebody yeah, yeah. gets a keg yeah and then instead of having like 48 glasses in somebody's backyard they just have like a sleeve of those so cups. you're saying it's a safety thing kind well of yeah plastic cups are easy. like you know while it's a shame that we're mm. just going to dump them in the bottom of the ocean mm. you know when you're talking about a bunch of people drinking keg beer mm. that's just where it's gone now i'm sure sophisticated people like myself who are drinking <laughs> wine nowadays or just, you know, we don't have those at at, at, a, at a given party or anything. No. In fact, they just did the seven fishes at my um, mother's house with 49 people. I'm sorry, the seven fishes? That's a Christmas Eve Sicilian tradition. 
and where Go we on. do a seven-course meal of seven fishes. There'd be no plastic cups at that. It'd be all wine glasses mm. and other glasses and everything. How, what kind? So tell me the seven fishes that you served, that she served. Well, there's a bit of leeway there, but the, there's a few things that are usually always involved. One is the bacalat soup, which is kind of a cod sort of soup with big frickin' olives in it. And it's quite salty and mm. fishy, but okay. it's like a lot of times the younger kids don't like it, but I absolutely love it. Okay. You know, it's really full on flavor and everything. And then um, like my grandfather who was, you know, who's this Sicilian, you know, or comes from, he would do, he loved shrimp cocktail. So we just put Perfect. in shrimp cocktail, like, which it. is obviously not a thing they did in Sicily. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a thing we do in yeah, New Zealand, yeah, you know, exactly. chuck a shrimp cocktail together. I'd say the other ones is probably linguine and clams. That is okay. like uh, a big must do. And then usually some whole fish as right. well. Uh, we also do crab cakes. Um, we do this really interesting, really, and this is a quite a Sicilian thing too. Is um, this really olive oily tuna salad kind of thing with, um, you know, capers and mm. all kinds mm. of stuff in it, like Just, an escabeche kind of thing. I don't know that word, but I'm going to say yeah. <laughs> um, and so yeah, they, you know, okay, it's not, a, but. You can understand, you know, just taking the environmental cost out of it with these red cups that, you know, if you have a big party and there's, you mm. know, all the way from keg party up until even like some kid's birthday yeah. party, there's going to be plastic cups because kids are going to break glasses and yeah. things like that. Okay. So it's that's a big part of it. But I actually don't know understand how one company took over the whole thing. That's, you know I guess, I mean? what I was trying to get at yeah. was it just seems to be the, the the one red cup and they're all the same size and yep. they're everywhere. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I didn't answer any of your questions about cricket and we kind of mm. didn't really get to the red cup thing. We kind of did, but we didn't. Um, maybe there was just really good marketing on the red cup. I think the solo just, cup people Yeah, I think they the just day. came up with a good product. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and they're easily, re- you know, repeatable. Speaking of good... It's time for Get on the Good Foot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I forgot about Get on the yeah, Good Foot. Yeah, Get on the Good Foot. Okay. So this is where this is our segment where we tell each other a bit of good news. So I'll give you time to think about some good news while I tell you about my good news. Okay. Well, I'm not suggesting that we become sort of old nanas talking about the weather. But I think we should become old nanas talking about the weather because finally here in Hawke's Bay, which is where Dan and I live on the east coast of New Zealand's North Island, it's not raining. It it does feel like a break just Uh, happened, you know. It feels like I'm less likely to scoop my own eyeballs out Mm. with a spoon every day. Rain really depresses me and it was continually raining It was like six months. Yeah, it was like six. I know. But it started even last harvest, so – it was longer. So the sun came mm. out on Christmas Day. It really did. It really saved it. And, saved uh, it. It's changed my mood. I was in the garden this morning before mm. I came here. I mean, that's that's pretty awesome. I, I was not able to get in there for... So you, vegetable garden or flower garden? Vegetables. Okay. Yeah, what tomatoes. Are you, are you drinking, uh, drinking tomatoes? Growing tomatoes? Yeah, I have about seven tomato plants going at the moment. Do you, you know, know what? I've different got... Different varietals trying to see what works in the yard, you know? <sighs> Yeah, we've got some different tomato varietals. We've got a friend who um, smuggled some tomatoes in from Spain. I shouldn't, I won't say her Gumboot name. Gumboot tomatoes. Gumboot yeah. tomatoes and, mm. and the seeds. And so 
and she's got a whole bunch of different tomatoes, sort of heirloomy kind of ones. Mm. So I've got some seeds and we've just kind of thrown them in the garden. And they're growing, like they're starting to kind of flower and, and mm. fruit a little bit, but I don't know what they're going to grow into. I don't know what they're going to be like. But I tell you what, my courgettes or zucchini, whatever you want to call them, they're going nuts. They're mental. They're just overtaking everything. i got yellow and green ones in there. there. Yeah, well, hopefully it's not like just all um, leaf No, no, I've, got, I've actually got yeah. some. I harvested some. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're a good nine inches kind of long. They've, okay. got, they've got good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just leave that hanging out there. So, but the thing is, isn't it great? The sun just lifts the mood. It it was uh, it was a problem for a while. <laughs> I yes. could say that, especially having a shop downtown oh. where it was just like, oh, today's going to be nice, and then like another shower, another rainy afternoon, and the thunderstorms. Yeah, I was dad storming it up. I was uh, texting mm. some friends the other day because you know I was following the radar, <laughs> coming in like, you guys see the storm coming? You know, this is pretty cool. You know, and that's uh, yeah. There's certain things dads get excited about, and like a good old thunderstorm is one of them, you know. Well, you know, I got kind of um, all nerdy the other night because I was watching the weather on the news, and the weather woman said, oh, and you know, if you're in the Hawke's Bay, or Hawke's Bay rather, not the Hawke's Bay, oh, sorry. Hawke's Bay, if you're in Hawke's Bay, you know, you guys are, there's going to be um, thunder and lightning and um, tremendous showers in a couple of minutes' time, and I was like, couple of minutes mm. and this is live television so like, oh, okay sure enough within about two minutes hosing down and massive thunderstorms and she was right the weather woman sounds like you were mom storming it up there that's i was good. i was yeah. nerding out on it pretty i loved excited. it i loved it so that's my that's my good foot the sun is here all right yeah well pressure's on me then uh well you don't have to if there's nothing yeah well I, you know I, I think it's all weather related for me at this stage <laughs> Uh, no, I would say um, for New Zealand, and we're starting to see this uh, this week, we've already gotten a sense of it for a while, is the visitors are coming back. So oh, yes. we have uh, some friends slash business uh, partners coming in later this week. we got family coming in in January, first time they've been to New Zealand in three years, four years. Oh, so, that's lovely. Um, that's exciting, mm. you know, and I think we need the tourism here. Yes, we do. And so that's all, you know, seems to be coming back. People are excited to get here and just get out and about and get away from wintertime mm, up north, mm. which uh, there's been a pretty bad storm that went across the U.S. Do right you know now. what? It's um, I feel kind of bad gloating about the fact that we have sun and everything is quite lovely here at the moment considering uh, in the, the States it's this, just yeah. it'll be over by the time oh, I hope so there's poor people in um, was it Buffalo yeah western New York I was born yeah. up that way Syracuse yeah huh. yeah they get the lake effect you know so all this cold air you know for it to snow you need very cold but you need humidity too that's why it never really snows mm. in, in Hawks Bay it's either raining and warm or cold and clear mm. Over there, particularly there, they get all that moisture comes up off these the Great Lakes, which are like oceans. Mm, <laughs> they're gigantic. They're great. Yeah, they are quite great. And <laughs> uh, and so you, they just get dumped on in western New York constantly. But they live with it. Like, you know, you, this was a particularly bad one. But on any given year, it starts snowing in October, November, and doesn't mm. stop till March. Crazy. And the snow next to the highways are, you know, 20 feet mm. high. But they're just used to it. They got the plows. They got the salt. They got the. It's just the way of life there, you know. It's scary. They got all the snowblowers. Oh, crap. You know. So, huh. 
All right, enough about the weather. And we'll be right back. You know how sometimes you know that you want to explore different wines um, to break out of your comfort zone, but you've only got so much money and you don't want to risk spending money on something that might not be right for you. You know, like um, when you go into the supermarket, you look at all these bottles of wine and there are lots of bottles. You know, it's a minefield out there. You look at the bottles and there aren't that many clues on those bottles as to whether the wine is going to suit your individual palate. And we all taste wine differently, right? You know, one person's dry wine is another person's medium sweet wine. You know, it's all different. And often you'll see bottles that have lots of shiny stickers and medals on them from competitions and stuff. And you think, oh, that wine, you know, that wine must be good because it's got all those medals on it. But when you actually spend the money open the bottle at home, taste it, you think, oh, it's too dry for me, or oh, it's too sweet, oh, it's not that great. But the bottle next to it, which maybe doesn't have all the metals and things on it, was perfect. Now, you're not going to know that, but I'm going to know that. And my name's Yvonne, and I'm the Chief Tasting Officer and Co-Founder of winefriend.co.nz. And we are New Zealand's favourite personalised wine subscription service and we've been around since 2015 and what we do is we match wines to people. So I taste and my team taste a huge amount of wines from all across New Zealand and all across the world and we catalogue them into specific styles and varieties and all those good things that are going to match with individual people. So we'll put together a box of wines for you, and it could be three or six or 12 wines that are going to suit just your individual tastes. So it's super easy to get involved. You go to winefriend.co.nz, fill out a very, very simple, very fun little eight-question survey, which is kind of comprised of questions that tell me about how your palate works. Right, so it asks you about the foods you eat, the seasonings you use, the things that you drink, um, the way that you take your coffee, for instance. Once I've got that information, I match up that information with the other details that you're going to give me. Things like, or you know, we ask you all the different wines that you choose normally. Like you might choose sparkling wine, you might love Sauvignon, you might love Pinot Gris, you might love a Syrah or a Shiraz or a Pinot. So there's this huge list of every kind of wine style. You tick all those boxes and then we take all of that information and put that into a little palette profile just for you. And then we send you a selection of wines and you can then rate those wines. We love it when you rate the wines. Tell us what you think or just click an emoji and there's love hearts, smiley faces, average faces and sad faces. And we know from your feedback what we're going to send you next time. So we get we kind of go on this little wine journey with you so that every time one of the little wine friend boxes arrives on your doorstep, you're going to know that it's just tailored to you. You can feel confident in that. So it takes all the hassle and the guesswork out of choosing great wines. You don't even need to think about it. We have three different tiers that you can subscribe to. There's Easy Every Day, there's Treat Yourself, there's Icons and Innovators. And you have your own account so you can privately change um, the different subscriptions that you're on. You can change the number of reds, whites, rosés, whatever that you get. 
Um, so it's totally flexible. It's super easy. And I can't think of anything more fun than choosing wine for you. So go to winefriend.co.nz. You can use the promo code Yvonne, that's Y-V-O-N-N-E, to get 24% off your first subscription case. So there you go, winefriend.co.nz. Tell your friends and become a friend. And on with the show. Yeah. Okay. Um, I wanted to acknowledge that I saw your... um George Michael song wine Instagram thing. Oh, uh, yeah. The, I sent you one over the last few days, and I finally did see it out there because I saw it. Wine, sil- hashtag wine uh, rain. Yeah, I was kind of scrolling through, and I said, oh, this might be it, and then I heard it, and then I heard, good defeat, got no rhythm, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is it's the It's the sex intro. It's the yeah. Uh, yeah. And there's the rain, and then there's the wine, and then there's the... Wet so, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I saw mm. a few of them, and, yeah, it's definitely... An excuse to mm. get an attractive woman really wet. Yeah, you know? yeah. I'm guessing there's some guys out there doing it funny. There everything. are there are dudes doing it now. Mm. Another trend that's uh, probably never going to go away on social media. <laughs> I recorded, or I had somebody record it because I got asked to do it. But mm. I, I think it was the first time I ever did it, unless I was really drunk sometime and I forgot I did it, but I sabered a bottle of bubbles, which oh, is... You sa- oh, so hold on. Sabrage. 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 Um, sabrage. Yeah, sorry. See, that's how uncool I am. Or well, maybe, sabered sounds better. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I um, sabered it, bro. Yeah, yeah. So, and it works. <laughs> I did a good one. Okay. Maybe that'll be our first Instagram post is me saying Merry Christmas and sabering. Uh, yeah. Because I haven't posted it anywhere. So we'll I want to see it. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I've got it here. Yeah, show me. Um, he's just he's showing me on his phone. Yeah. Uh, I have it. There it is. Seven seconds long. Ready? Look at you. Perfect, right? It was perfect. Aggressive. Aggressive. Focused. Yeah. Yep. You're looking at the heard, camera. I have heard that set. you got to keep the knife on the bottle for mm. it to work. But you've, you know, I've seen a million videos where people really screw it up and ruin like a great bottle of wine, or it falls off a cliff. Yeah. Or it falls on the ground and explodes. Yeah, they let it go and it explodes. And, yeah. Know, so. Huh. Um, did you have any other? Uh, I, I found a thing. Oh, cool! This is good. All I right. found a thing. I'm hoping it'll. Uh, I'm hoping you can see it. So um, there's this kind of trend where winemakers, and I've got to admit, it's it's the dudes. I haven't seen any sure. women winemakers do okay. this. Okay. Um, explaining how they uh, smell and taste wine differently to everybody else on the planet. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I found on TikTok there's this guy called Joe the winemaker and he says that we shouldn't smell wine by swirling the glass. Instead, we should pour it into our hands and rub our hands together and sniff it. So this is him. What a waste of wine. I know. On, Hold on. Let's just see if this will actually. Not all of us have barrels and barrels of wine. All right. You just need a dollop in your hands. Okay. Earthy. Bing cherries. He hasn't even spilt any on the table. That's how we do it. Fact or minute. Swirling your wine? That's not how winemakers do it. Really? Because I do. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. Is that a bottle of... uh, Red wine. No, with that big wax. What's that that crap wine? Yes. 
So waxing is another Chloe thing. Henri. What is no, not Chloe Henri. Beautiful uh, toastiness. Yeah, but like, do you do that? Do no. you pour wine into your hands and go? No, I don't. Because usually my hands stink or smell like sulfur. <laughs> yeah. So that's the thing. Like, he's very serious about it. And does he have a ponytail? He's got a ponytail and he's got beautifully sculpted eyebrows. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, yeah. That's, so that that's the thing. So he's Joe the winemaker, J O E T H E W I N E M A K E R on TikTok. And um, I, do you know what? I don't think, I mean, I'm all for new techniques of evaluating wine, but pouring red wine into my hands wearing this dress is just asking for disaster. As it is, this I'm wearing, well, you can see on the video, I'm wearing white, but the people listening to this won't be able to see it. But this dress says covered in ink stains. Mm. And the reason for that is my husband left a ballpoint pen in his shorts. Oh, and he and ruined put his shorts clothes. in the in the washing machine with, with my white move. dress. So um That's a great move. Mm, carefully my favorite white dress too. Uh yeah, I have to disagree with Joe the winemaker. You're disagreeing? I'm, I'm okay, gonna, good. Uh respectfully disagree. Mm. I mean I'm not gonna knock the gimmick he's working there because hey, to each his own and mm-hmm. he needs to work his gimmick. I'm sure he's got some other things on there, but I'll keep an eye out and see if anybody else is saying uh, that you should. The only thing I, th- the only thing I thought, I'd take it out of the glass. That seems weird, but I mean, you mm. could also just smell it in barrels or whatever. Mm. Um, I ha- I did know a guy, uh, Tegan Pasolacqua in California, who would pop his glass like that instead mm. of swirling he'd go like that. And I'd never met anybody else who could do it. He would like pop the glass. He, like. he would like go like that, and the wine would go. It would like instead of swirling around, and it was like a really cool trick. And I'm like, well, that that's his own thing. Like that's a neat. thing. Well, I've bought a bottle of wine for us to, to taste later on, but I don't know if we should do the pop thing because our, Not here. our Max will a- just Aaron might get a little yeah. angry at us. <laughs> I did. Th- there was this thing with um, it doesn't involve smelling the wine, but I've seen winemakers when. Um, when wine is going through malolactic fermentation, which is the secondary mm-hmm. fermentation, which you know takes away some of the hard malic acid, turns it into creamy lactic acid, Chardonnays do it all the time, reds naturally. And taking from the barrel, they've put the glass up to their ear. Yeah, or I just put my you can if you can get and your you head can in hear there. It? Yeah, you put your ear up to the and it, up to the hole in the barrel and just be like, oh yeah, it wants what does still it sound active. like? It just sounds like a little little crackling like little um so that tells you it's happening yeah i mean and there's a difference between uh like say chardonnay that's going through primary ferment it's a different kind of bubble than a malolactic crackling Mm. and you just kind of get to know which is which so sometimes both is happening but okay so if you're going on a if you're doing a wine tour and you're kind of walking through a winery and you see cellar hands or winemakers with glasses up to their ears yeah it's actually the, that's normal. That's normal. Okay. I mean, I would just put my ear up to the barrel, but sometimes it is in tank, so you just mm. like okay. But a primary ferment would be like me more of a fizz. It's like kind of just going, yeah. And it's even if it's slowing down, it just sort of fizzes and goes. Whereas the malolactic ferment is like a more of a crackle, a mm. pop, and a crackle, and it's sort of so it's okay. You're like, oh yeah, some because sometimes in spring they come back to life and finish off, you know. So yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, I, that seems like a boring trend to do, though, on Instagram, where you're just like, I know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like, yeah. I don't know if you could get like one of the little lapel mics inside your glass or inside the barrel. That might be. That sounds pretty fun. Actually, I'm gonna try that out. Actually, yeah, do it. 
Definitely do it. Um, now, fuck this, Joe the winemaker. I'm gonna yeah. take over. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <God. laughs> got my own gimmicks. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. You can, you can. You've got your own gimmicks. Um, mm. Now, I was gonna ask you, or no, we've got. We normally talk about something to do with the wine industry. Do you want to pull back the curtain? Oh yeah. Did we miss that one? Ah, time to pull back the curtain. Okay. How could I forget pulling back the curtain? I just have um, one thing that came to mind, which mm. is uh, vegan wines. <gasps> That's a, on a lot of wines these days, it including is. my wines. I yeah. say they're all vegan friendly. Mm. Do you understand? I that? totally do. Yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, it's been a thing for a very long time, but it's only been in the last couple of years that it's become a big thing in terms of labeling mm. and marketing. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure that it's – okay, start again. When you think about the wine, it is super competitive. I mean, there are – and I think I spoke about this last time, episode one. There's something like 700 odd wineries in New Zealand alone, and we are a tiny country. Yep. And trying to get visibility for your brand on the online or in a store or whatever, it's it's hard to be seen mm. and to be noticed and to um, for, yeah for to get people's attention. So you. Anything that's going to make you stand out from the crowd or appeal to a certain market that maybe is slightly different to everybody else's, then you jump on it, right? Because anything to sell your wine, yeah, and, and I get think, it into people's. I, I think more you know, people. It's one of those ones too, where if somebody doesn't says, "Yeah, you know, we're mm. all vegan friendly," now they ask every producer if they're vegan friendly, and mm. so and and it's actually a lot easier to achieve than say being certified organic or something. Totally, because there's a few products out there. So basically, yeah. Tell us what all, it is. So there's no meat in wine. No, there's no meat. But when we say the wine's vegan friendly, we're saying there has been nothing used in the winemaking process that involves dairy, animal products, animal whatsoever. products, anything. So there's there's literally casein or milk that can be used in to find the wine. A big one is egg whites. Yep. Well, you know, which is actually, I used to really like using egg whites. They're, they, the right amount seemed to polish mm. the edges perfectly on certain red wines. Yeah. So what you'd do is you'd get your egg whites and you'd whisk them together until they're kind of slightly foamy. A little and then water and a little salt. Water too. and a bit of salt. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you'd pour that mixture into your barrels or your tanks and gravity would pull it down through yeah, the wine so the, and it would, the egg, the... Or, the proteins in the egg or in, sometimes it could be in the milk or whatever, bind to certain tannins and things and pull out, pull them out, and they settle to the bottom, and you suck the wine off, you rack the wine off. Mm. So everything is pretty much left at the bottom. And then, of course, most of the time the wine gets filtered too. Mm. So there's literally no egg white in the wine anymore. No. But, but you have to say it, it on the label yeah, if but it's, it's been used. It's done its job or yeah. it's done its thing. Nowadays they come out with, other products made from like potatoes or some other kind of vegetables just so you can still do that mm. if the wine is a bit, you know, harsh and needs the edges polished and use it with like, you know, like I said, potato products or something like that. And, it, and it's done the exact same way. You mix it up, add it to the thing, add mm. it to the vat, whatever, settles down, pull it off, it's gone. Yeah. 
Um, the only other one is Isinglass. Do you know Isinglass? Yeah, that's, 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 that's pretty yucky out there. You know. Tell me about it. So Isinglass is made basically from fish guts. See, so now this is what I don't get. And, uh, I mean, I've heard about the, the fish guts thing, you know, to filter well, kind fine. of to, to, to fine, fine wine, um, as well as back in the day there was like bull's blood, you know, anything with, you know, sort of protein in it. But, I mean, I don't know who back in the day was making some wine and they were like, gosh, you know, our wine is a little bit, um, it's a little bit unstable. It's a little I bit think, harsh. I mean, I know. Here's some fish I just I I, I don't know if um, it happened by accident or, but I can easily say I've been in labs and wineries where you we've tried not anything new but like we've tried four or five different things we've tried egg white we tried isinglass tried this tried that usually isinglass is just for white wine mm. um, but it is effective in a certain way you know mm. so there's also other like plast pvc pp pvpp which is like a plastic you know that you add and then it filters out there's carbon huh. there's okay. all kinds of stuff that can go where on. does the diatomaceous earth come into it that's that, more of a filtration thing isn't i've it? always wanted to name if i ever had a boy i would name diatomaceous <laughs> um that is more to do with uh really filtering out um that, nobody uses that anymore because you can't get rid of that shit. You bury it in the ground and then it's there. It's like, Forever. you know, it's got like a half-life of 10 million years or something. Okay. Um, but that is for um, if you have like thick lees, like, you know, at the end of a ferment, you got – and there's actually wine in there. Mm. You just add it to this thing and you do a centrifugal force sort of thing with it and it filters through – and and it was mm. a, it's a good medium for okay. that. It was a great medium for 50, 60 years. Mm. And then it's a little hazardous to work with. So now they have like this stuff called perlite, which is like a fake version of it. And it works just the same. You okay. can use the same. The same um, and it's better for the environment. Yeah, and, it's easily okay. disposed. And everything. So back to the vegan thing, though. Um, oh, I wanted to say one more thing. Oh, yeah, sorry. So back in the day, they would try all these different things to filter wines, even – like putting an entire carcass in a tank, like, you know, a, a piece, a, a pig or something, you know. And sometimes those wines are delicious. <laughs> so they, this is like in Spain and places like, you know, you can imagine where this is, you know. So, um, and I yeah. even heard, this is really pulling back the this curtain. Is this, this is serious. This is a serious, this is a real thing. You could, you could look it up. Okay. I even heard that... Um, and this is like no winery that you've ever drank from or anything. But there's – it's one of these like legends out there where somebody went missing and they found – I'm sure this has happened many times over the years. And they found them in the vat after they emptied it out the next season. And they were – because they probably got CO2 poisoning. Yeah, and, and, just and, fell fainted, in and, and fainted and fell in. And fell in. And, uh, you know, it was always said, oh, it was fine pretty well. You know, because <laughs> it's all that meat in there. All that meat. So, all that protein. Uh, you can, anyway, they experiment with a lot of different things, and that's probably how they ended up with fish guts, because it's just a thing they didn't use. So, mm. you wanted to use everything, you know, if you're out, you know, you're in Italy or Sicily mm. or Greece mm. and you're making wine, you go, so it's we that got nose to tail kind of thing. Yeah, You'd we use got, every this, part of we the got fish. this fish gut left over. Let's try to find it with that. Yeah, and then, throw it in the wine. Then the French probably got a hold of it and put it in the lab and, you know, figured out exactly what was going on so i guess um if you buy a bottle of wine that says it's vegan then you know for a fact that it has not been fined with um, a dead person a dead person um fish guts egg uh milk 
um, bull's blood or any of those things because everything can be done plant-based or you know synthetic based now right absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah. so do you yeah. think it makes a difference do you think um, marketing wise people are um, they would prefer something that says vegan yeah if you're a vegan if oh, you're definitely ve- if, you're yeah, vegan. if you're vegan yeah, or vegetarian yeah. um, would I I'm not would I mm, grab maybe. one if it was probably wouldn't matter to me um, because I eat eggs and yeah. you know but um, hmm. but to some people for sure like if you have a vegetarian restaurant you'd probably want to serve vegan friendly wines totally so yeah. that's where it makes a difference or if you have I mean the other one is like keto wines and things like that oh, which, which I found uh, no I found and to the be, clean wine yeah. movement yeah. it's all celebrity backed and yeah. yeah and they're no different must be yeah I think it's a lot of bullshit it's a lot of bullshit so I think so too. I think I think we pulled the curtain back there for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. but I didn't get to use my new sounder, which is this is what I would say about um, clean wines. Don't you believe it? That's a shout out to Tom and Jerry back in the day. <laughs> the cat, the cat, and the mouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> it's just don't you believe it? That's oh. all I'm saying. <laughs> There's somebody out there who's a Tom and Jerry fan like me and will know that deep cut of Don't You Believe It. Okay. okay. I'm just going to use that, that clip every so often. I'm happy for when... you to do that now that I know what it means. Now that I know what it means. Um, <laughs> you don't understand the amount of joy I get out of playing that. Cause I, d- I, I don't. Except from when I was a kid. Yeah. Okay. I do, I do remember Tom and Jerry, though. Yeah. Yeah. The best. I, you know. You know, Bugs Bunny's the best. Do you know what yeah. I miss? Hanna-Barbera. Yeah, the seventies cartoons were awesome. Seventies and eighties cartoons. One day we could pull up all the Hanna Barbera cartoons because there's like fifty of them, and you cannot Mm. believe how many amazing ones they had. You know. Yeah. And we'll be right back. Hey, everybody! Decibel Wines is the newest tasting room in the best block of Hastings City on the East Block, where it's all happening. Right in the heart of the action with, uh, you know, the distillers and the common room and a bunch of great restaurants and other uh, great shops as our neighbors in the area. There's something for everyone in our shop, though, with 18 wines available under the Decibel Junta and Testify collections. We're treating podcast listeners to a 15% discount. That's pretty, that's pretty good. On our website with the code podcast15 at checkout, head to decibelwines.com and use the promo code podcast15. I believe that's all caps. Uh, you know, I moved to New Zealand all alone in 2008 and started making these wines in 2009. I moved here with a dream and literally just a few bucks in my pocket. Uh, it all started with a very small amount of decibel Malbec, Sauvignon Blanc, and of course, Pinot Noir from Martinborough. I make all these wines, buying fruit from so many great growers around Hawke's Bay and Martinborough. Um, so please come visit us uh, when you're in Hawke's Bay. I'm usually in the shop hanging around. Uh, if I'm not there, there's some other great people helping out and know the story and know about all the wines. Or just visit decibelwines.com and use promo code PODCAST15 at checkout for 15% off. Cheers. And now we're back. Um, powers that be. I have a question okay. about um, excise tax. Oof. Tough subject. For I know, me. and we might discuss this in in greater detail on a different podcast. But I just wanted to quickly find out from you, being a winemaker, 
Um, you know, because people always talk about, um, oh, you know, there's there's a lot of costs in making wine. You know, there's the obviously the the land and the grapes and the labour and the um, all the equipment and all, everything, bottling, mm. marketing, blah blah blah, oh, and excise tax. Then at the very end, yeah, excise tax. So w- tell me and tell tell our listeners in New Zealand what what is excise tax. Why is it there and when is it applied? So excise tax is applied basically when – I'll start – yeah, I'll sort of do it in reverse. It's applied when the finished product is sold basically, when it's left the final warehouse or whatever. And there's so there's custom controlled areas, which could either be a winery or a warehouse. Everything inside there hasn't had excise paid for it once it comes out of there goes to a shop, goes to a restaurant, the excise has to be paid by the next month, by the 20th of the next month, whatever. It's um, to the point now where I think we calculated, this is only like a month ago, because it was going to go up again, I think, that I think there's more excise tax, there's more tax taken going to excise than there is money going to the grower. And so what is the amount at the moment that you I think it's almost $2 a bottle or something. Yeah. So you can imagine when you see a bottle for under $10 in the supermarket, mm. how much the bottle costs, how much the label costs, how much the excise is, what is left for the winemaking and the growing. Mm. It'd be less than half Miniscule. of that. But less than half of that. I mean, it's, so that's hmm. probably why wine's under $10 in New Zealand taste the way they do. There's not a lot of good ones, you know. It's not Italy, you know. No. Or even California or Australia's got really high tax too. So that's probably not a good example though. There's a lot of good cheap red wine or acceptable cheap red wine. There's not a lot of New Zealand wine under 10 bucks. No, and that's for because Mm. of that reason. Maybe Mm. overseas there is, like in $10 US, you Mm. know, there's some cheap. Really cheap savvy bee over there that get, I'm sure gets shipped over in giant goon bags and bottled yeah. over in California or something. But yeah, it's a tough one, excise, because the thing that always bothers me with um, sort of bigger tax things like that is it just goes to the crown. Yes. You know, there's no, and then it goes into And that this. is what the government is when, when yeah. it says the crown. So in New Zealand, that means it, the and government. And it just sort of goes into the big bucket of the crown. And then they say, well, then we we use, you know, we do, you know, anti-drinking mm. and things like that. and Health-oriented Health-oriented things. But there's no real correlation between the two. It's not like this much goes in mm. and this much comes out and so goes to. So it would to, be okay if, if it was like, okay, this percentage of tax, you know, this excise tax directly goes to – you know, um, education programs and and that yeah, kind of stuff. So, I mean, it's still not great, but it's if you knew where the money was yeah, going, yeah. And I, and I think that would be okay. You know, this is asking the impossible out of any government that's ever existed. But the fact of the frustration grows when you go like, well, clearly RTDs are doing more harm than a fine yeah. wine. Oh yes. And so, at least if they're going to be taxed, maybe that you know. I think most people that are drinking wine are having it with food, and not to say there isn't problem drinkers with no, with wine, but there is, yeah. but it's it's definitely not correlated to mm. any kind of problem. You know, the amount of tax that comes out of it. That said, excise on like a bottle of whiskey is way higher than true. I think it's like fifteen bucks for a bottle yeah. is, is is in a bottle of whiskey. So hmm. it's okay. frustrating, but yeah. Um. 
Yeah, what are we going to talk about now? I have a new music pick. Oh, yeah, cool. Which I what uh, is it? wanted to mention. Who's a local guy, um, and I'm kind of a fanboy. Uh, and he's a very new artist. He's only got about seven singles out. Did I mention this kid already? Arahi? <gasps> Arahi, Arahi. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, my yeah. gosh. I didn't talk about him last week. No, but we've talked about him just privately in, in conversation. Yeah, so I he is to, amazing. I saw him live yeah. just before Christmas. <gasps> I wanted to get on the record. Um, so he's got a Spotify channel, A-R-A-H-I, local Hastings I mean, kid, he's got to be 23, 24 years yeah, old. Young. And I think the difference between him and so there's a lot of great musicians around, especially in Auckland and Wellington. And But Hawk Space got some good musicians too. But I think what separates this kid from a lot of them is the songwriting. He's just got amazing songs and he's he's got uh, some good people behind him helping him with production as well. Pretty sure he recorded most of his stuff in Tim Finn's studio up in Auckland. So that means the... The people that know the good stuff are yeah. helping him out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I just think he's a special talent. And he I, is I, incredible. Yeah. I have to agree wholeheartedly. I saw mm. him um, uh, in one of the small halls oh, yeah, to yeah. A, um, events at um, Fokatu here at Hawke's Bay. And it was just, he's so creative and he has a great stage presence mm. as well. You know, for someone so young, he was just had the jokes, he mm. had the, um, the banter, had everyone entertained yeah. as well as and then he'd start playing and you're just hypnotized yeah, he's beautiful his music. voice is incredible his artistry on the guitar is amazing and and piano yeah, it's was, good piano yeah it was amazing no fully 100 percent behind you that's on that my one. new music pick that's, that's your new music pick but we can't we can't play the music can we on this on the podcast we, can't well, we would could probably play out of here but um yeah. i i uh i'll just say go yeah. He, yeah, we're not, probably not going to get chased up by uh, the copyright people <laughs> if we played something. But um, yeah. I'll see if I can um, pull up. So my one is local as well, but this is something that was recorded like about quite some time ago that I'm only just listening to again now. So it's a song called Shopping Cart by a New Zealand duo called Parallel Dance Ensemble. Is this the shopping cart dance too? Do you know that? Sh- no, you know? what's the dance? That's like an old hat, you know, from the, the 80s. Cap. You're like kind of going down oh. the aisle, picking up the groceries. And yeah, yeah, it's okay. a bit like that, you know. Oh, let's get one from down <laughs> low, you know. Let's get something from the top Okay, I'm, a, in, I'm into it's it. It's a pretty bad da- dad it's, dance, you know. It's a dad dance. Okay, so. Yeah, so Parallel that. Dance Ensemble. Um, so they're a kind of disco, not disco duo of um, Jessica Hansel, who goes by the name of Coco Solid. And Bobby Sox, S-O-X-X, who's the producer, Robin Hannibal. So Jessica Hansel, she's um, of Ngāpuhi and Samoan descent. She's a writer, artist, musician from Auckland. Um, she's a... She what was cr- the first? Ngāpu? What? Ngāpuhi. What's that? It's a tribe that she belongs to. Oh, in, uh, yeah, so in New Zealand. In New Zealand. Okay. So she's Māori, mm. Samoan. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and she just, you know, she's part of um, Taika Waititi's Picky Films. Um, you know, she's she's right in there. She's amazing. And um, she has, yeah, so her and Bobby Sox are parallel dance ensemble. And I know that you kind of like um, the sort mm. of funky sort of, I don't know, groovalicious sure. thing. I'm just hoping to bring this track up and see if it actually works. Well, that sounds uh, she was a woman of ambition. very 70s. She had yeah. Vision. She yeah. Knew the boys who 
Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, very cool. So this is from um, 2011. Yeah, 2011. Oh, that's old. That is, it's yeah. old, and I'm I'm only recently going back to it, which I just love. So it's off the album Possessions and Obsessions, and um, yeah, it, it doesn't have great. to be uh, brand new. No, no, and I love it because she's actually um, Jess has um, written an amazing novel called How to Loiter in a Turf War. And she's just been named the Arts Laureate. So she's um, also a writer. Amazing writer. Wow. Yeah, incredible. Incredible. Um, yeah, so that's that's mine. And last of all, okay, it's our Bogan update. Meanwhile, oh, in New yeah, Zealand yeah, yeah. kind of thing. I was looking thing. and I was, I'm struggling. We're, I need to find like a good source, you know, the back pages of stuff or like uh, yeah, yeah, in yeah. the cargo news. Not to keep The back page of the Herald, the... or sorry, the inside front page of the New Zealand Herald has Sideswipe. Sideswipe is really um, – Anna Samways is a um, great sort of compiler of odd news. Um, but, you know, because we've just had Christmas mm-hmm. and we have um, – Every year the stats come out on um, Christmas injuries uh, from the ACC. So here in New Zealand we have this, um, you know, free healthcare. You're not, uh, not going to bring up all these drownings, or no, not drownings. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. This is the this is the kind of Florida Funny man ones. issue yeah. um, with our accidents. So the Accident Compensation Corporation, you know, if you get injured at work or whatever, you can register your injury and you get your health taken care of. Um, usually, so apparently the ham. The humble ham, as we were talking about, is responsible for really nasty Christmas mishaps, right? Like People, exploding hams. Oh, I can tell you. So boiled ham. We're talking and... carving the ham, so so sure. cuts and slices, and and hams are heavy, right? Mm, a leg mm. of ham is a heavy thing. So burns, mm. um, neck and knee strains from carrying the heavy um, hams, um, a finger. Got to um, work on our fitness a little bit. Yeah, no. Fingers crushed by uh, um, hams toppling from their ham stands, and the number one thing is frozen hams being dropped on bare feet. Oh, and yeah, it a happens, lot of bare feet this time yeah, of year. Yeah, so yeah. we're barefoot in, in New Zealand, and um, apparently the same happens with turkeys. Um, but we found other ways to hurt ourselves than just dangerous pork products. Apparently someone laughed so hard they fainted, fell in their garden, and hit their head. Um, I feel like there was alcohol involved in that. Bound to have been. Um, apparently the results... Fainted. 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 <laughs> Um, other injuries are the result of active Kiwis al fresco. So frisbee throwing, fishing, playing swing ball. You know, swing ball? Is there an equivalent of swing ball? Is that the, the one on the stick? It's on the stick and the yeah, tennis that's, ball. That's got a name, but I'll, I'll think We of call it, it swing ball. Um, riding a slippery slide, trampolining, scooter riding, poolside frolics. Um, but apparently it's the company of friends and family that ultimately proved very painful. Um, one unlucky holiday maker recently was hurt while napping after lunch and an intoxicated person stood on their face. Oh. Mm. I was so gonna, they had to go to the doctor. A eighteen month old girl jumped on your balls, which happens that- to me. <laughs> Outside of Christmas, uh, <laughs> mm. while you're napping. Mm. Um, someone, a, dis- a dislodged jewel stone, inadvertently found its way into another person's Christmas dinner, broke their tooth. Um, oh, I was going to say the trampoline's got to be way up there. But I think that's Oh, I've around. had some horrific Everybody's, injuries on trampolines. Every kid, you know, anybody who has a trampoline is like, 
whether you have the net or not or whatever. Well, we just, had, I'm a, you know, Gen X, so child of the 80s. Mm, seven, look, yeah, 80s, I was born yeah. in 74, so yeah, yeah. 80s. Um, we had no safety. There was no safety. We didn't have as many trampolines, all. though. I remember like maybe one or two people having like. Oh, a tr- we had a trampoline, but, and but, it was just we were nuts. Yeah, we had a lot of other stuff going on. Mm, mm. You know, BB guns, and uh, you know it's America. Come on, True. True. Uh, and a lot of um, yeah, just metal toys and things that would rust, and you just step on it and slice your foot, and you know. My sister like got that. a ukulele for Christmas once and um, left it on the floor of our room, facing um, upside down, and we had bunk beds, and she jumped off the bunk bed, and her foot went onto the sprig of the tuning. Oh. Yeah, she impaled her foot on the um, on the. Uh, that thing. sounds very impaling. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Okay, so we are we're we're rounding rounding it up on that positive note. By the way, the person that broke their um, tooth on the gemstone that fell into their Christmas dinner, they did not recover the jewel. Oh, it's in there somewhere. It's in there somewhere. Well, um, it's in the plumbing. Um, well, now. it's in the plumbing. Um, got something to say about this podcast? Ideas that you would like us to kind of hammer out? You can email us on yndpodcast at gmail That's the letter Y the word and, and the letter D, podcast.com and um, at gmail.com. And, you know, once we've got an Instagram up and running, we'll get you deets on that. And, yeah, we're going to have to start releasing these episodes. Yeah, we're going to have to do it. So um, posy vibes, everyone. Yeah. And um, nice to see you again. Dan. Yeah, we'll see you in the new year. See the you next year. Yeah. Well, everybody will start. I think everybody will start this in 2023, but this is the last one of the year for us. And then, yeah. then it's just on to... It's a new year. It's a brand new year. Bigger man. and better things. Awesome. <laughs> I'm sure the world's going to be great. Thank yeah. you, A.A. Ron, again. Thanks, A.A. Uh, Ron. We'll, uh, we'll catch you guys next week. <laughs>